As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to 5000 to 1, the Leicester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me as always, a man who banged a brace at Salhurst Park in 1997 and definitely poached his second off the line from emergency striker to professional broadcaster, it's Leicester City legend Matt Elliott. How are you, Matt? <laughs> I'm, I'm good, thank you, Rob. Never ceases to amaze me, does Joel, but um, yeah, I, 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 that, that stirs some good memories, uh, that moment that you've just mentioned there. Uh, I'm professional broadcaster. I'm happy with that title, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a bad idea, is it? No, well, sounds sounds all right to me. But yeah, yeah, I don't know that game. Just quickly, quick point on that. Quick story and reflection was I I scored two goals, as as was suggested, and uh, I'd not long signed for Leicester. It was was away at Wimbledon at Sellers Park that they were playing their ground sharing with uh, Crystal Palace at the time, I think, and. I scored the two goals and I thought, this Premier League business is easier than I thought. And then the second half, I got a short, sharp awakening because on came a certain Mick Harford, who mm-hmm. <laughs> um, listeners of an older generation will remember. And he came on and he was brooding and scowling and and he it, 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 uh, it took the kickoff and Walshy, Steve Walsh, had warned me about him. He said, be careful, watch out for this fella. I thought, yeah, okay, all right, we'll see how it goes. The ball went back to Ben Thatcher, left back for Wimbledon at the time. He hadn't even put his head down to, to launch the ball into the channel. You knew where it was coming. Next minute, a forearm smash right across my cheekbone. And I sort of half went to ground and and turned around and said to Mick Arthur, what the hell was that all about? What are you playing at? And he just came up to me, put his face right in front of me and growled at me. You won't be scoring two this half, son, will you? <laughs> <laughs> Safe to say, I didn't score two that half. <laughs> but it was we won a sign the game. Of respect, wasn't it, Matt? A sign of respect for you, that. Yeah, you well, you know what? At the you. end of the game, walking off, and he was growling again at me. We won the game three-one, by the way. And um, Heskey scored with a late goal, and he was shouting my name, Elliot. And I thought, oh, I can't ignore him. I've got to put a brave face on. Turn round, said, "What do you want now?" And he says, "Well played, son." Shook my hand. He says. We'll have a beer in the bar. And I thought, right, okay, you'll do for me. And uh, since then, we've become quite good friends whenever we meet, actually, ironically enough. 
Yeah, I spoke to him not so long ago about James Justin to because um, he's obviously involved at Luton. Okay, yeah. and he was a lovely he was lovely on the phone to me. No, no threats of forearm smashes or whatsoever. No, he was as footballers go. He, he was hard as nails, really, and a little bit naughty at times. But he used to challenge you, put it that way. But off the pitch, he's a great fella. Yeah, it was a different game back then. But right now, we've got plenty to discuss, Matt. Um, Leicester City again. We're getting really into the to the end of the season now, the crunch time, squeaky bum time, as it used to be known. I think it still is. Um, Leicester City going to Southampton last week. We've got Newcastle coming up this Friday. But before we get into that, Matt, right now you can subscribe to The Athletic for a special price of £3.99 a month for six months. That's 40% off the full price of a subscription. You'll enjoy a great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all our podcasts. So go to theathletic.com forward slash Leicester pod to take advantage of this special 40% discount. That's theathletic.com forward slash Leicester pod now the Matt like me you uh, trekked down to the south coast Southampton last Friday it was freezing cold my, was. my feet were like blocks of ice at the end of it I thought what time of year is this it felt like going there in December not uh, not in April but uh, um, a bit of a disappointing uh, result in the end I, I suppose in the context of the season you know an away point is never a bad point but you know, in the context of the game, uh, going when Vestergaard got sent off after just ten minutes, and uh, there were eighty minutes against ten men, you would have expected Leicester because they're normally good in those situations, especially having been down there a year before and uh, and won nine nil to go on and win that one. But they came away at the end having to scramble for a, a bit of a, a point, and uh, there was a lot of disappointment around. What did you make of it? Pretty much what you you've just said there, Rob. I, I think there's definitely you know a case for. Frustration and and disappointment. Brendan Rodgers mentioned it himself. So did the players, and rightly so. Really, you, you know, despite what people say, uh, it, uh, you know, make it, it's difficult. It is uh, going up against ten men from such a probably even more so. You know, from such an early stage in their game because they set the stall. They just change their mindset, don't they? Totally. They realise it's going to be a long haul. Southampton. This is so they just put themselves in the trenches, basically, don't they, and make it difficult to concede. There's, there's not too much ambition in their play, justifiably so. But Leicester were, yeah, a little bit disappointing. I, I thought they looked quite bright early on. It looked like they were going to cause Southampton problems with the full 11. But uh, somewhat harshly, to say the least, Vestergaard was sent off, which has subsequently been rescinded, correctly so in my view. Uh, that, that's maybe... a. A subject of discussion for another time, maybe you know. The- no, I said it at the time. I, I when I saw the replays up on the the press bench, um, I thought he was unlucky because he's played the ball and it, and it it looked like the Balbuena situation all over again, didn't it? Playing yeah. the ball, and it's the follow through that catches the man, uh, and he got, what gets me is that that's been looked at by another official. So that's two exactly. officials have looked at it and they've both said red card, and then it's been rescinded. So uh, yeah, that that was my main point, really, the reason for bringing it up because, you know, we've got all this VAR process, it's, it's checked and double checked and analysed, scrutinised, and still managed to to get it wrong basically, and it's overturned, and you know, it could have been really damaging for Southampton had they been in a precarious position in terms of you know relegation or or whatever European qualification, whatever the case may be. And it was, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it myself. And then I even heard that some people, Hassan himself, said it. He said, "Ah, oh, listen, maybe it was a foul, yes, but but not the sending off." And I'm thinking, well, 
hang on, if it's a foul, it's a sending off, really, in that position, in my mind. As, but I didn't think it was a foul. <laughs> you know, it, it was, it was, it was after the ball was, was taken, wasn't it? And you, you can't stop your challenge. Uh, you know, the instant you take make contact with the ball. Anyway, maybe for another time. There's enough else to talk about. But yeah, let, let's. Uh, couldn't get the game going properly, could they? I think you have to give some credit to Southampton. They were absolutely determined not to go under again against Leicester. 9-0 in, in the corresponding fixture last season. Of course, losing in the, the FA Cup semi-final. They didn't want to make it a hat-trick of disappointment, did they? And, you know, I thought they did really well. They rolled their sleeves up, made it difficult for Leicester. Leicester... Like we say, you know, in those sort of tight areas, couldn't create enough opportunities. Although, having said that, there were the chances to win the game. Wilfred and Didi in the last stages, Jamie Vardy even more so, disappointed that he didn't uh, convert that opportunity when the hard work had been done, really. And one or two other instances. But I think in those situations, Leicester do find it a little bit tough because then. They have to rely on carving teams open and breaking through. Um, they can't put too many sort of crosses into areas, hoping someone's going to get on the end of them. And ultimately, that's where their equaliser came from. But it needed a centre-half to be up there. You know, a bit of physicality, a bit of aggression, and well attacked by Johnny Evans. Lovely ball by Ian Acho. But otherwise, there, there were a couple of instances where good balls went in, but Ian Acho, it's not really his strength attacking the ball aerially. Even Jamie Vardy, as willing as he is, you know, there was one where the, um, Walker Peters at the far post was, he was screaming out for someone to come crashing over the top of him. But um, ultimately, you know, he's only quite diminutive stature, isn't he, Walker Peters? But he got up well and knocked it safely for a corner. And, you know, the, sometimes there's a, there's a requirement for a Leo Ujoa <laughs> or a Slamani in the ranks to, to, for, to deal with situations like that. But ultimately, when you look at it, in a positive sense, um, as you mentioned, Rob, it's a point away from home. So it's another one you know, added to the tally, isn't it? And ultimately might prove uh, essential when all said and done. Well, absolutely. I mean, one of the things I highlighted in my piece after the, the game was um, in those situations, I mean, it didn't help them. I agree with you totally. The, the, the sending off didn't help Leicester in the end, the way Southampton then set up for the rest of the game. But they needed somebody to un unlock that defence. And they did create a few chances, but the one guy that we they were really looking for to step up there was James Madison. And I don't think he was physically able to. I mean, that was the first 90 minutes he's played for two months. Um, he didn't help himself, obviously, with the situation with it. Um, he was left out of the, the, the West Ham game. But uh, he, he is the, the, the one guy that, that can get into little spaces and create things for them. But he's just not at it this season. It's been very punishing for, for the, a lot of the players. And we can see with Jamie Vardy as well. He had a, a groin niggle as well. We know Madison's been struggling with a hip problem as well. And it's taken its toll now as we're getting to the final uh, weeks of the, of the season. And those two in particular are just short of that match sharpness, that 100% that we know when they have got, they are superb footballers. But uh, at the moment, they're both struggling just to, for it to click for them and to get it to 100%. Yeah, I think that's fair comment, and they'll probably be frustrated themselves, Madison and Vardy. Um, listen, that they've done well over the course of the season, and 
both players, Jamie Vardy in particular, will always give his all. But it's yeah, they're not at the top of their game, are they? And I think there are reasons for that, and the ones that you just mentioned there. You know, in terms of the the density of the fixtures, you know, within the campaign, within the season, and the exertions that they've been put through. You know, with the European um, interest as well in the Europa League, it was involvement there, wasn't there? And you know, it's very taxing. Jamie Vardy's. You know, not getting any younger, unfortunately. Um, I still think he's got a, a good year or two left in him, by the way. And I think his, his goal drought, in inverted commas, um, will come back round. He'll get through that. He's done it before, and I expect him to do it again. But you're right, Madison's got this... It's difficult. I mean, is it a consequence of the heavy fixtures, etc.? Or it's just, I don't know, modern-day game that... <laughs> The way it is, but but I mean, sometimes players in the past uh, they have had to sort of carry little niggles through a certain period. But it's far from ideal. And in the modern game, you don't really expect that to happen, do you? They still still have to be managed though sometimes. And you know, more often than not, players are left out if there's any sort of element of doubt. Back in the day, they might have even had a jab to cover that that pain or that injury. Um, in the short term, sometimes beyond that but these days you know they they are better looked after and better protected but they're still you know they're determined to go out there and perform and very few players play 100 percent. you know it's often mentioned isn't it and certainly that's the case with players right across the premier league not just leicester city you would imagine but yeah some players are affected more than most more than others aren't they by the uh by the heavy schedule and i think definitely you can see it in both vardy and madison um, at times they look sharp enough, but it, it seems to sort of catch up with them a little bit, doesn't it? Wear them down. And Madison's certainly not been at his uh, tremendous best, has he, throughout most of the season, in truth. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. Hello, listeners. Sorry to interrupt your show, but we've got a small favor to ask. We're currently doing a bit of a survey to find out more about you, your podcast listening habits, and the sort of adverts that are most relevant to you. If you feel like helping, please head to surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. That's pretty catchy, so I'll say it one more time. Surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. Thank you. It could have been 10 points their gap, their advantage going into the weekend. As it is now, it stands after that point and West Ham's win, it's now five points. 
uh, with four games to go. Um, suddenly, this game, well, I don't say suddenly, I suppose it's always been a, a crucial game coming up, but the visit of Newcastle um, tomorrow night, Friday night at King Power Stadium uh, takes on extra importance, especially when you look at the uh, the closing fixtures uh, against Chelsea, Man United and, and Tottenham. But... Um, I mean, even those games. I mean, we talk. I mean, I'm, I'm off air. We were having a little chat about some of the fixtures schedules coming up, and and you know, people are saying, "Oh, look, those three fixtures are going to be really, really tough." But hey, Leicester have taken points off them already this season, or or beaten them in in competitions, and also their schedules are getting ridiculous as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, those. I think. I think it's. It's fair enough to say that those three fixtures have been lurking in the background, though, haven't they? They are in the back of people's minds. You know, the worry after last season, the fall away, and then a lot of Leicester supporters are hoping that the work will be done pretty much, at least uh, before those those trio of, of games begin against you know, Man United, Chelsea and Tottenham. But it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. It's not going to be signed, sealed and delivered, that's for sure. But yeah, you, you look at the other teams and yeah, Chelsea, what a run in they've got. They've got Man City away, Arsenal at home, then the Leicester game and eventually Villa. Uh, you know, sprinkled in between is an FA Cup final and then obviously the prospect of a Champions League final. Um, you know, they do look good at the moment and they've got a deep squad so that, you know, they're pretty well equipped to deal with it. But everyone's looking at sort of a West Ham primarily really in Tottenham maybe to a degree but you know Chelsea and Man United they've got a ridiculous fixture schedule and that could catch up with them Manchester United play Thursday Sunday Tuesday Thursday four games in the space of eight days and then the following Tuesday and not easy games either really um, Liverpool has obviously been rearranged so, you know I'm, I'm not saying that they will drop out of the of, of the top four but you know, they've got their work cut out. West Ham are the ones, really. You look at the fixtures, isn't it? Everton, Brighton, West Brom, Southampton. If they can get past that Everton hurdle, you fancy them to have a strong finish. So there's still plenty of work for Leicester uh, between now and the end of the season, which makes the game against Newcastle even more imperative. I mean, you don't want to put too much onus on one game and, you know, and make any assumptions because Newcastle are where they are in the league and had a poor result against Arsenal last time out. But certainly, there is quite a bit of emphasis on that game. You know, Leicester could warmly do with the three points, wouldn't they? Which would set them up with a little bit more confidently going into the final stage of the season. Well, what have you made of Newcastle this season? Because whenever I've seen them, they've, they've blown so hot and so cold. I mean, I've seen some games where I think, oh, they're not, not a bad side. And then other games, you think, what, what, how on earth are these in the division? <laughs> they're that bad. But um, they've got the potential, though, to still be a banana skin. Certainly have. Yeah, they, they are unpredictable, aren't they, really? Uh, as you say, I mean, at the start of the season, they sort of set out not to lose games or try not to lose games, don't they? They, Even if they go 1-0 down in the first half of the season, pretty much, even by Steve Bruce's own admission, you know, even if they will, they, they, they go a goal behind and they'll just hang in there to the 70, 75 minute mark. Then they might play with a little bit of ambition, um, you know, and try and salvage something out of the game. But they're more often not pretty close affairs that they're involved in. You know, they don't, give away too much 
um, certainly not, not freely. And But they have talent within their team. You know, he, he said he wanted to be more expansive at a later stage in the season, Steve Bruce. And with the likes of St. Maxim and Wilson and Ramiron, John Shelby, obviously a you know, creative force, uh, amongst others, they, they, they've got some individual ability there. And when they click, they can be a problem for teams. And it certainly won't be a given on Friday night, that's for sure, for Leicester. And you know, Leicester know that anyway. Let's look at the Southampton game uh, as an example. But, yeah, it must be frustrating being a, a Newcastle supporter, really, because the majority of the time it's... It's pretty stale football, isn't it? You know, ultimately, it's effective in achieving their target. And they look like they're going to spend another year in the Premier League. But the entertainers that they used to be, they're certainly not these days. I think it's frustrating for the writers as well. I mean, ours, George yeah. Colkin and Chris Waugh, uh, um, some of the, the, the articles they've been writing about what's going on at Newcastle as well, it just seems to be... Uh, a barn pot of a club, but the potential is incredible. And the amount of times I've been this, I have to say, it's my favourite away drip of the season. Is, is always to go up to Newcastle because um, the fans, when they get behind their team, it's you know, it's amazing atmosphere at St James's Park. But also that can be a double edged sword for them. I mean, it's a good job they haven't got uh, fans in this season. It could they could yeah. have gone down the pressure they they put on their own team as well. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, well, it's a strange I'd... strange uh, situation. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean. Away supporters are notoriously tucked up in the gods, aren't they? And, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they really are up high and they do that to sort of you know, detract from the away supporters' impact, don't they? But the media seating is, is in perfect spot, isn't it, up there at St James's and you get a wonderful view and you're sort of embroiled in the atmosphere. But I just harking back quickly to my playing days, the, there, the passion of supporters that you just mentioned, it, it can have a twofold effect because we used to say, you know, if we could get an early goal and keep them quiet, that, that they were sort of deathly quiet. They were stunned into silence. And but you could hot, hear the the odd, sorry, the odd uh, barracking or the odd critical remark, literally in, in a crowd of, what is it, 40, 50,000 up there. Um, but conversely, particularly when Alan Shearer decided to up his game and, and turn things around when he scored that hat-trick against us a good few years ago with 3-1 up and we thought we had the job done, the points in our pocket and Shearer rattled in the hat-trick in the second half. The, the, the atmosphere and the noise was deafening and it, it was, you know, albeit we were on the losing side and, uh, you know, I, I, I would never say I enjoyed it but it was an experience to behold. It was it was the atmosphere up there at St James's, and when they get it going, it's some place that's for sure. Well, talking about fans, we've got the FA Cup final to look forward to. I'll ask you in a minute about how the, uh, players will approach the, the build up to that. But um, fans back, we've got some news on fans back. Twenty two thousand fans will be at Wembley. Unfortunately, um, I did write a piece saying, uh, why not, with everything that's happened, make this the fans' final and only fans of the two clubs attend. But as it is, um, 6,250 Leicester fans, the same for Chelsea. The rest is going to be taken up with stakeholders, guests, uh, residents of Brent, the area. It's been used as a trial event. Um, some of the Leicester fans are going to have to go through um, just to get a ticket, uh, go, go in a, uh, for, for testing. Uh, they've got to take their certificate and um, identification with them on the day. It, it's it, And they've got to be tested several days afterwards again. 
for, for the government's records. So it, it, it's a big palaver, but at least we've got some fans back, 6,250. That's going to feel like 100,000 to those players, isn't it? Yeah, um, we were lucky enough to be down at the semi-final when there was, what was it, 4,000, was it? Mm. That were, were down there. And yeah. It, it didn't seem like that in the vast surroundings of Wembley. You know, it seemed about half that in truth, but it was still a vast improvement um, on the atmosphere, you know, compared to no fans at all. And, you know, welcome blessing almost. And now that that's been more than quadrupled, um, you know, the allowance, yeah, it's really going to add to the occasion. Of course it is. Slightly frustrating or, or very frustrating, more to the point, um, that there isn't a bigger amount of supporters directly from each club, as you mentioned. You're 100% correct with that. You know, there's an opportunity there. I know, it's, I don't know, even with it being a bit of a, uh, a trial event, etc., to a degree, you know, I, I'm sure the authorities have got their reasons, but it, it is disappointing, isn't it, that more fans you know, are not going. I'm, there's a certain quote, so I'm not exactly sure how many, you know, the sponsor-related and stakeholders, etc. But you're right, you know, in, in times as they are, the supporters, you know, the hardcore supporters should be looked after first and foremost. And again, you know, with... I don't know. Again, there's going to be reasons why, obviously, um, but the testing and all the trials and tribulation, all the palaver of sorting things out, you know, before the the game and the day, and then getting down there, and some people don't want to travel on coaches for safety reasons or health reasons, or or just you know their own particular choice, and and then as you say, test after the game, it's. It's a bit of a mission for some people, and it, sadly, it's putting some people off. I know, I know, they're diehard fans who would say that's, and I'll go there regardless of what, just to have the opportunity. And great, you know, well done to them, and hopefully they get that opportunity. But there are a lot of people that are being put off by it as well, and that's a shame. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, I'm Adam Hurry and Football Clichés is the podcast you never knew you needed. Every week, to quite unnecessary depth, we examine the words, the phrases, the accepted wisdom, the mannerisms, the habits, the gestures, the symbols, the sounds and the smells that everyone takes for granted in football, but which really are the glorious glue that holds it all together. 
For example, have you ever really listened to the Football League goals roundups? I mean, really listen to them? Because they all sound pretty much like this. Team X went into this game with just one win in their last 13. And when Team Y took the lead inside four minutes at Stadium Z, the home fans were probably starting to fear the worst. But Striker A had other ideas, and this game turned on its head in the space of five minutes midway through the second half. First, a smart finish from the edge of the box brought Team X level, and he repeated the trick on the hour mark to bring his tally for the season to 22. By now, Team X were in the mood, and although Striker A squandered a gilt-edge chance to complete his hat-trick, on-loan Dutchman winger B made it three with a curling effort from long range. Team Y's misery was compounded in stoppage time when midfielder C's late challenge on fullback D saw them reduced to 10 men. An afternoon to forget for manager E's men then, but Team X will hope they have finally turned a corner under caretaker boss manager F. Listen to football cliches wherever you get your podcasts and also ad free when you subscribe to The Athletic. Let's talk about how players approach this now because obviously we just talked about how important. Uh, the Newcastle game is. But then you've got the, the the FA Cup final the following week. How easy is it to put that to one side and just focus totally on Newcastle? I mean, on one side, they're playing for a place in an FA Cup final as well if they do well against Newcastle. You know, they put themselves in the picture for, for a place. But also, they don't want to get injured ahead of an FA Cup. For a lot of them, that would be the biggest fixture they'll ever play in. Um, how do you approach it? I mean, how, how did you approach it when you had the, the League Cup finals? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think sort of different circumstances. I think with the importance of the level of and the level that Leicester are playing at, the importance of the games, you know, each one is almost a, a cup final in itself. Okay, not in the magnitude of the FA Cup final in isolation, but you know, Newcastle is such an important game um, that they need to get something out of it you know, to continue the form, keep the confidence up um, and keep them in that healthy position that they are in regards to the Champions League slots. And, and again, you know, Man United a few days later, that, that is a, it's far from ideal, isn't it? I mean, it's Tuesday night, isn't it? And I think at one stage I saw it was Wednesday, but I think that's been changed. Obviously, maybe that's linked with Man United, which is a blessing, I think, for Leicester, if that has been the case. It gives them that little bit more preparation uh, for the FA Cup final. Chelsea, I think, are playing on the Wednesday. So that's far from ideal. Little advantage there for Leicester in terms of sort of mental preparation and physical. But I, I think the games are so important, each one, on its own merits at the moment for Leicester, that I don't think they'll have a problem focusing. You know, just take it literally game by game. Different, maybe, you know, <laughs> back in our day, um, there was an element of looking forward to the cup final because I, I'm not saying our games weren't important, but we were we were we weren't championing for a Champions League place, unlikely to do so. Although we were on the sort of periphery of possible UEFA qualification, but we could get that through the cup if we won as well. But uh, which we did on a couple of occasions. But there was there was less sort of emphasis. You still want to go out. And shut, you, you shut the final off as best you could, well, basically, at the end of the day. I think you're playing a dangerous game. And as far as not getting injured, you just have to be a bit sensible. But you have to be sensible throughout your career, really. If, you, if you're reckless um, and you go into situations sort of unprotected and, and uh, you know, being too brave, uh, you come unstuck anyway. So you have to be a little bit clever and cute 
anyway. But then if you go too far the other way, and it's been said many times before, you, know, you pull out of tackles, that's when you can get hurt. And it's true. Um, not always the case, but you know, quite often I've seen that. You don't go into it full-heartedly and someone comes blasting through you and you suffer the effects. So I think you've just got to just go with it, your normal approach as best you can and hope that Lady Luck is with you in, in, in that context. But uh, no, I, think, I don't think it's a problem for Leicester, though, at the moment, because the importance of the games, they'll just take it to focus, Newcastle, Man United, and then the buzz will start about actually playing in the FA Cup final. Well, finally, let's just talk about the Man United game next Tuesday night. Um, what did you make of the, the, the scenes uh, for the Liverpool game? Uh, Old Trafford. Uh, I mean, we don't know whether there's going to be further. Pro- they keep threatening further protests about the ownership, the Glazers, and the the Super League proposals, and, and and everything else that's going on up there. And there's a number of clubs that where fans are very unhappy. In complete contrast to Leicester City supporters who absolutely love their owners, um, and and the ownership have certainly respected the fans in many many ways. But it's going to be strange going up to Old Trafford if there is that going on. Uh, would that be in the players' minds as well? I mean. The Liverpool players couldn't get out of the hotel um, when they were, went up there for the for that fixture before it was postponed. Do you know what? Uh, somewhat naively, I haven't even considered that yet because there's so much sort of going on. Maybe I'm getting over-focused on the Newcastle game myself. <laughs> but but you're right, that that is a factor. Again, you know, the protests don't seem like they're going to just disappear overnight, do they? Whatever. Hopefully not to the extent they were uh, for the Liverpool game. That's a step too far, or at least a step too far. You know, physical assaults are occurring on, well, on the police force, but also everyday people. It's it's not on, is it, basically? You know, the protest, yeah, but there's got to be, there's got to be a line drawn. And, you know, hopefully that, that's been tempered or dealt with, whether in, internally or externally. But, um yeah, you go into. I, I think as a player, you, again, you, you just get on with your own business, don't you? You, know, and you sit there and fret and worry about it. I don't. Um, you don't imagine there'll be any immediate danger to the Leicester City players, although you never say never. It's got to be. Um, it's got to be looked at, hasn't it? And uh, you know, cautioned against. But I don't know. Hopefully, the Man United supporters have sort of learnt the error of their ways, or certainly that section that were involved in that. And it's going to cause, you know, a detrimental effect to their own team's fortunes, really. As we've seen with the, the, the rescheduling of the fixtures now, it's caused them a bit of a problem. And if anything similar was to happen again, then you are really pushing your luck in terms of penalties, aren't you? And yeah. penalisation, really, because th- th- there's got to be there's got to be some deterrent at some stage. I think they'll get away with it. I don't think they'll look, suffer a point loss as it is. If that was to be repeated, then you're talking problems, aren't you? And you could see them, you know, ultimately it could see them unlikely, but it could see them out of the Champions League slot. And Well, well yeah. hopefully next time we're, uh, we're meeting and having a chat, Matt, we can talk about a game that uh, passed without any incidents at Man United and two victories over Newcastle and United as well. Uh, a stranglehold on a Champions League spot and then we can truly dream about walking down Wembley Way and singing a bye with me and 52 years of, since they've been there and we'll really <laughs> get into that in the next one. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so you make it sound so easy, Rob. 
hopefully it turns out to be the case but uh, it'll be fun watching that's for sure absolutely brilliant and thank you to all our listeners please join us again next time on 5000 to 1 The Athletic Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot Our partner StubHub has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.